shit and paper on these player haters old news money on the other line so I'm ladies and gentlemen welcome back this is i'm not gonna hold you episode 11 man as usual i am your host scott you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BarbChairScott, man. Of course, you can follow HB Media, the home of this show, HB Media TV on Twitter, HB Media on Instagram, and you subscribe right now. If you aren't subscribed, what are you waiting for? Subscribe. YouTube.com backslash HB Media TV. Follow the brand, the Barber's Chair Network at Barber's Chair Net on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network. We've got a very packed show today. Um, we've got a couple people coming on. Of course, we got my brother on as usual for our 79th and Hallis a minute in our week one recap. We've got the homie Mikey. He's actually going to be here. The name is Gambling Odds for week two and recap what happened in week one. And I've got my guy Mike from Pillars, Pillars Club, Chicago. He's going to be joining me later in the show. But let's kick it off, man, with the rundown. The rundown this week, man. Did anybody watch? Monday night football this week, man. It was a great week, one in the league. Monday night football, it was the Ravens, the Raiders, the new opener of the new Raiders, uh, new Raiders stadium out there in Vegas. Um, one thing I love, man, I was watching the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning cast. Monday night Manning was, was definitely um, fun to watch. Uh, it was on ESPN, too, if you guys missed that. It was basically Peyton Manning, Eli Manning calling a game. And it was just it was a lot of great football conversation, a lot of great guests on there. They had Charles Barkley on there. They had uh, Russell Wilson on there, man. They had Ray Lewis on there. And I think it's a good alternative to what they're doing. You know, this regular night crew. Um, you know, I really, I really mess my man Lou Rick. I don't really care for the rest of them, but what I love seeing is just seeing guys who played the game, guys who who won Super Bowl champions out championships going out there and played the game, mainly specifically Peyton. And that's not no shade to Eli. Um, but Eli, I feel like was just there more for comedic timing. And it was just really good to see the brother relationship between the two. He was really making fun of Peyton the whole time. And you can tell that Peyton is a football savant. Like his the way his brain moves when it comes to football. And I wasn't a fan of him when he was playing. I was a Brady guy. And on top of that, Peyton Manning is responsible for the worst day of my life as a sports fan when the Bears lost Super Bowl 41. But since he's retired, you've seen like the his personality, and you really just see how much he loves the game of football and his show in this in this um uh edition of Monday Night Manny. And just like the way he was holding the football, he's living and dying by every play, his disgust with bad plays, which I can't wait to see. You know what he's gonna say when the Bears play the Bengals, not the Bengals, but the Steelers, uh midseason on Monday night football. But it was great to see, and I think it's something I'm gonna be tuning into every Monday. Uh, I think they're gonna be doing 10 games this season. Now it might be more, they might see, you know, what kind of uh you know feedback they're getting back and they want to add to that. But I gotta salute ESPN. ESPN hasn't done a lot of great things lately. They've been getting rid of a lot of the good talent they have, they've been getting rid of a lot of good shows they have, but this is something that I feel like is going to be something that you know it's gonna be reckoned with in the future, man. So Monday night, man on ESPN2. I enjoyed it. And um, looking forward to watching the next week, man, with the Packers and the Lions to see what exactly Peyton Manning's reaction is going to be to that terrible Detroit Lions offense. But let's get into our rundown, man. Week one is in the books and what a week one it was. Uh, I didn't realize how much I missed football to this past Sunday. I was so excited when the countdown, the red zone countdown came down on my TV. I saw Scott Hansen and Football is the one sport where I'm just able to like zone out. You know, I really can't zone out doing baseball. It's a long ass sport. There's a lot of dead time between pitches. I can still be thinking about other shit. Basketball, I can't really zone out either. Um, that's why it's more of a fast paced sport than baseball, obviously. But I can do five, six other things while I'm watching basketball. Football just sucks you in. Like from 10 a.m. in the morning if you're on the West Coast to 8.30 in the, at night if you're on the West Coast. And now if you're on the East Coast, it's longer. I don't think about shit but the game. It was just amazing. The games were great. You really just see how much great talent we've got in this league, all the young talent we've seen, the old head, Tom Brady still dominating. It was just fun. So I'm going to break down my top five storylines from this past week one. Let's get into what happened in uh, Jacksonville, man, between the Packers and the New Orleans Saints. Of course, they're playing uh, in Jacksonville because the Superdome isn't ready because of what happened during Hurricane Ida. They should be back there sometime midseason. Uh, of course, present thoughts stay by the Louisiana area. I had the Packers going in there and taking care of business, but I was wrong. I don't know shit. Famous Jameis, man, he went out there had a game. Threw like, threw, I think it was four touchdowns, four or five touchdowns last week. 
uh looking looking really really good didn't didn't throw over 200 uh 200 yards because like these were more just bombs and straight shots but the big story here to me is not what we saw from the new orleans saints big story is what we saw from the green bay packers aaron Rodgers. Did somebody kidnap him? I don't know who the hell that dude was, but it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. He looked like he's out there, like he doesn't give a fuck. Uh, this guy looks relaxed. He doesn't look like he cares about football. He's got the slick back hair. And I've seen Aaron Rodgers play bad. That's not a you know something that we haven't seen him before. Like every quarterback, if you're in the league long enough, you're going to have a fucking bad game. I've seen him play bad. But he just looked like he just didn't care. Besides Packer fans, nobody has watched Aaron Rodgers closely closer than, than me closer to me you know uh over the last 16 years and he just didn't look like he cared i mean they're one for 10 on for on third down which is which is something that's not aaron Rodgers like uh even on a fourth and two to Devontae, he's like he just just threw that motherfucker like you know uh, whatever just give it to him like he just wanted the game to be over now i'm not sitting here saying that he's a double agent i would love for it to be a double agent if he came back just to spite the packers for not giving him what he wants and he's going to come in and ruin this season from within i don't think that's the case as much as i want it but i do think it's a it's a little bit of a lack of focus like where is aaron Rodgers' head this is a very serious thing i think we should be talking about now of course he said in the post game and also on Pat McAfee this week that it was just one game. You know, you have you get your ass kicked and things like that happen, and that they should be ready to go next week against Detroit. I don't think that you know this is going to be a team that's going to falter. I think they're still going to win this division. I think they're still going to be you know one of the best teams in the NFC. But if they get, they got a pretty rough schedule. They got a pretty rough schedule, and if you look at every team, every major contender they played in the Matt Lafleur era, they don't ever step up to the plate. And so that's going to be something I'm going to be watching forward, looking forward to is how are they going to respond against legit teams? Can they get those kinks out? And how's going to, how's Aaron Rodgers going to respond? If they go on a two, three game loser streak, how's his care going to be? Cause he has out at the end of the season. So I think that's something to uh, pay attention to as far as Jameis and the saints. I think it's a good start. It's a great start for them. That defense is something that I think is going to carry them. And at least they'll be in the wild card conversation. I'm not, I, I'm not expecting much from Jameis. I think Jameis had a really great game, but that's just how Jameis is. You know, I'm going to give it 10 games before I decide that that LASIK surgery really helped them. And that if his turnover start to uh, turn down, but knowing Jameis, he can go out there and throw three, four picks next week. So, We'll see. I'm waiting a little bit before I make the final deciding call and if I feel Jameis has turned that corner. But definitely a good first week for him and a bad week for the Packers. They got to regroup against the Lions. Um, The next game, next topic I've got, next storyline. All the Browns, still the Browns. The Browns blew uh, a pretty big double-digit lead this past Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they really did it to themselves, man. They did it to themselves. Uh, Defensive miscues. And you have to borderline play a perfect game to beat Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not going to say to beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs' defense is still sus. The Chiefs can be beat. But to beat Patrick Mahomes, you got to be borderline perfect. And they let their foot off the gas. They let their foot off the gas. And that fake punt, that fake punt sealed their, sealed their fate. Like, you want to give – you want to, you know, push Patrick Mahomes as far back into the end zone as possible. You don't want to give it the ball at the 20-yard line. That's like giving a loaded gun to an assassin. So now the question is, are the Browns just being in the Browns, or is this just a little blunder they'll learn from? Until I actually see them overcome that hump, I'm going to chalk this up to the Browns being the Browns. That's what I'm going to chalk it up to. I don't know if I trust Baker enough to get over that hump to where they can consistently uh, be a threat. Like, they're going to beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs are the top dog in the AFC the last couple seasons. Number one, I think the Browns have to have home field advantage. They're not going in the arrowhead in January and February and beating that team. I just don't think it's going to happen. So they have to get home field advantage, and they have to play a perfect game. So that's something I want to I want to see. What's what's it going to take? Are they going to have the mental focus to be a top two team in the AFC to get that home field advantage so they can they can correct some of their wrongs because they can't play the way they played on Sunday and think they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, my third biggest story is not really something that happened on the field. It's something that happened. Off the field, Urban Meyer. There's rumors coming out right now from a lot of reliable sources that Urban Meyer might be ready to leave the NFL already. It's only been one week, but the USC job is opened. Uh, you know, there's been rumblings that he's not happy, that he's been angry, uh, you know, in the Jaguars facility. Now, of course, he came out and said that everything is fine. He's going to stay there, which 
you can't take you can't take into account when you got the Jaguar social media coming out here and, and tweeting out pictures of he's here for the long haul and he's here to build this team. If you're doing that in week two, that tells me that things aren't the way you want to make it out to be. So I, I I'm really interested to see how this is going to go. The Jacksonville Jaguars stink. They stink. They got destroyed by Tyrod Taylor and the Houston Texans last week. Had that Texans looking like a like a great offense. Had Tyrod looking like an MVP candidate. And it's not going to get any better. That was one of their wins I thought that they could get. So I would not be shocked knowing how Urban Meyer moves if he's out of here by midseason. So that's something I got my eyes on. My fourth big storyline coming out of week one is Dak Prescott making me look stupid. Now, of course, I've been saying here in the last couple of weeks that I don't think his shoulder injury uh, is as, um, you know, light as the Cowboys have been making it out to be. He made me look stupid this week. Last week, you know, he threw over like 57 times. Um, looked great. He actually looked like the best quarterback on the field, on the field with Tom Brady. He looked like he didn't miss any type of time. You know, he hasn't played in the year. He's had two uh, big uh, injuries since then. But he looked good. So I think he's been making me look stupid. My um, Washington football uh, team prediction to win the a- NFC East isn't getting off to the hottest start. With Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, being on the IR now, uh, shout out to Charles Leno Jr. for basically just allowing him to get hit. I saw a lot of media out there crushing the Bears for not bringing him back. Well, all Bears fans with eyes have been telling you this guy's not good. He got his quarterback killed in the first game of the season. And now it's the Taylor Heineke season in Washington, man. So this this might be a good opportunity for the Cowboys, man, if Dak is going to play, not play exactly like this, but if this is Dak we're going to get, my NFC East pick might be looking stupid, man. So shout out to Dak. He had a phenomenal game week one. And my final big storyline coming out of week one is the rookie quarterbacks. Every rookie quarterback had a touchdown this week. Mac Jones had a touchdown. Zach Wilson had a touchdown. Justin Fields had a touchdown coming out of one of those run packages. And Trey Lance also had a touchdown um, with his uh, package that they were doing with Kyle Shanahan. He only threw the ball threw the ball two times. One of them was a touchdown. Of course, Trevor Lawrence had a couple touchdowns, had a couple interceptions too. But it's just good to see the new era. You know, I want to see more of that. I want to see Trey Lance start. Of course, y'all know how I feel about Justin Fields. He needs to be starting. But it's good to see the new era going off, man. It was a nice little uh, game between Tua and Mac Jones this week. Mac Jones looked pretty good for his first start. And I just really love to see this new era, you know. And I think it's even more incredible if you look at this new era of quarterbacks that Tom Brady's still in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? We got all these mobile athletic quarterbacks, and here he is, a statue, still in the middle of this conversation, man. But it was a nice little first week for the rookies. Um, Let's talk about my week one predictions now. I did not do well. I did not do well. I finished with seven and nine record um, this past week with my week one predictions. Uh, I hope to do better this week. There was a lot of upsets, a lot of way, a lot of things. I didn't see Pittsburgh going into Buffalo taking care of business like that. The Raiders uh, fucked up my Ravens pick because Lamar Jackson fumbled twice. Uh, but I hope to do better next week. We're gonna keep a we're gonna keep a count over this to see how right I am going through the season. But not a good start for me. We got my brother Flo's here. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Flo Landerlini. Uh, we are the 79th and Dallas guys. Week two, uh, we're getting ready for a Bengals matchup. Now, uh, practice doesn't, I don't think practice starts. I think, well, when you listen to this, it's Thursday. We'll be really putting, start putting in the game plan today. You were there on Monday for the Nagy press conference. Now, there's been a lot of interesting comments come from, from Hallis Hall about the Justin Fields thing. What are you feeling from uh, Hallis Hall since that thrashing at SoFi Stadium? You know, it's funny because after the thrashing of SoFi Stadium, the massacre at SoFi, and I'm listening to him talk, I'm it's it's the word salad. And you hate to use this as the the repetitive thing you have to say about his press conference, but they're word salads. I ask him, you know, you got over the century mark with David Montgomery, then you kind of abandon it. So you get like 50 yards, 45 yards the first carry. You basically got 50 yards for the rest of the game. 16 carries to him is not a lot of carries, especially for a running back as good as he is. So that means you're not using him as much as you should be using him. You sort of abandon it. He's like, well, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't think we abandoned him. It's just that we got in situations where we're in, you know, two minute, four minute offense. And I'm like, well, yeah, whose fault is that? That's you all's fault. And so when I hear stuff like that, I think you're making excuses. 
And then when the hard questions are there, you don't answer them. Or you say, well, you know, we like where we at, or Andy did a few good things. No, it's okay to say, ah, Andy didn't play his best. It's not, you don't have to throw him, you know, throw him under the bus, but just say, oh, you know, we're going to fix a few things, but you're not, you don't even get that. And then to find out today that they're talking to the uh, coordinators and you hear Bill Lazor say, oh man, you know, we think that Justin could take anything. I think since preseason, he's been able to take anything we throw at him. I'm thinking, okay. This sounds yeah. completely different from a Nagy who felt like he needed to develop and that Andy Dalton was the guy. So the, the mood coming out of Hallis Hall is just confusion. It's you know, weird. It, it, I, I would say it's purely confusion because what does the rest of the team think? If Matt Nagy is saying one thing and the coordinators and the players are saying another thing, you know, Marquis Goodwin, for instance, saying that, you know, uh, he was flabbergasted. Have, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we have, they have all this speed, yet they're not using it. You know, especially when they had, especially when they had no play, no pass play go over twenty yards. There was no pass play over twenty yards. Not even. I'm not talking about completed. I mean, there was none thrown. That's 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 just unacceptable on every yeah. level. Now, even the laser uh, press conference today, uh, they were asked. Jay, no, Adam Hodge asked them if he's ready for it. Then why isn't he getting additional chances? Laser said. I think Matt has probably addressed his, what his philosophy is on the quarterback position. I don't think that's any different. I don't think there's any reason for me to answer that. AKA, I plead the fifth. So I will say <laughs> that was that was my man Alex Alex Shapiro. Okay, okay, um, Alex Shapiro. He works with uh, NBC. Uh, good dude. I'm not shocked that Alex asked him that. <laughs> Alex, you know, guys to get straight to the point. Very good questions. Um, and you know, the answer. You know, Adam Ho. I think gave the transcript on Twitter, but the answer is as dodgy as you would expect when there's a difference in a i was about to say clubhouse but a locker room and you're not on the same page so you wouldn't expect if he were to come out and say well just you know Nagy's an idiot and we just disagree you think okay this team's about to collapse but when the seeds are being there and they're starting to grow with starting to be some dissent or disagreement you will hear well you know philosophy hasn't changed i don't think i need to answer that it seems like I don't want to, you know, read in, read too much into it, but it seems like there's growing disagreement amongst them. Yeah, I'm starting to get that feeling too. I feel like it's a growing tension, and I feel like this coming week is going to be a such a huge game, and it shouldn't be this way because the fucking Bengals. But it's 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 just a huge game because we lose on Sunday. If you look at the first three games, this is probably the only winnable one. We got destroyed by uh, the Rams last week. The Browns are going to smoke us. Yeah. Like in the dog pound. They're going to smoke us next week. And shout if out going to shout out Chops. I'm going to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, shout out to Chops. Uh, I know he'll probably be at the game. Uh, Seven Night the House will be covering the game in mm-hmm. Cleveland. One of many road games we'll be doing this year. One of many. We hope to get to like four or five. We'll see. Definitely. So that's gonna be you're gonna be there. Even if we do get smoked, it's gonna be cool to be in the atmosphere and everything like that. Now, this is also your first game this week with fans in Soldier Field. Now, Andy Dalton said that he's excited, he thinks it's gonna be a lot of loud fans. Like, well, yeah, they're gonna be loud. Well, not the loud you won't. So, what are you expecting from this crowd on Sunday? You know, patience is wearing very thin from Bears fans. That first three and out, what are you expecting from fans? How do you think the Bears going to come out in general for the first, for the home opener? I will say that it's going, like you said, it's going to be loud. But Andy Dalton is severely mistaken if he thinks the Bears, that Bears fans are going to be simply cheering him on. And I mean, think about it. It's unreasonable from players to expect fans to constantly accept what happened. Mediocrity. You know, you, you can't expect players to do that. You can't expect fans to do that. It just doesn't work that way. You know, it's like when it was Javi Baez with Met, fan, Met fans, he was booing them. And you think clapping back at them is going to make them endear themselves to you? Especially no. when you're up five games in the division and now you have the playoffs. Like, no, they're going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be pissed. And think about it. Fans, players, the team, it's a, it's a, it's an exchange. It's consumership. Yeah. You know, they present a product, a product. We as fans, even, even us being credential, we're still fans. We buy into it. You spend your hard-earned money to watch a decent product, and you're not getting that in return? It's like if I go to Home Depot and I buy a toilet, and it flushes my shit one out of every five <laughs> times. Am I supposed to say, well, that one yeah. time it flushed well? Yeah, at least no, I got a toilet. Say, what the fuck's wrong with my toilet? Yeah. And so I think as fans, they have the right. We have the right to say, you know, to be pissed. Do I boo? No. No, not personally. I just sit there in my chair. 
if I, you know, when I was in the stands and not in the press box, I sat in my chair and just said, what the hell's going on? When I'm in the press box, there's anger in my head that I just, I, I channel into questions I want to ask. But he should not be shocked if the offense is stalled that people are going to boo. Now, if you score, of course you're going to be happy. Everyone wants to see their team win. Even the hardliners, even the, even the people who want to see Justin come on the field, which is everybody. Yeah. If you start, I mean, if all of a sudden the team starts playing like a legitimate offense, I don't think anybody would have a, a big complaint. But when you yeah. don't produce, yeah, folks are going to be pissed. They're going to they're going to boo boo you. So it's going to be up to them to keep the to keep them from booing. If you're going with like consecutive three and outs, if the, you get one three and out on the first one, you know. Now let's say you go to you know you get to the opponent's thirty yard line, you get to the Bengals thirty yard line, you get a kick. Yeah, you're not gonna get a boo. But if you're going three plays, we're done. They're gonna boo. Oh, don't get don't let it be a turnover on the first drive. Oh, even worse. Even it's worse. gonna sound like hell on earth. They in, might in boo that you thing. while you're on the sideline. Right. <laughs> so with with the with this game, man, like are are we expecting? Because we had like a lot of interesting comments. Of course, you saw Deshaun Gibson saying usually when you look at the film, you don't think it's as bad as when you play. He said it was worse. So do you think there's going to be? Do you think this is a one off for the defense? Or do you think this is going to be consistent, them just getting smoked every week? I hope it's not consistent. Right. But I think this will be a test for Sean Desai. This is where we find out who Sean Desai is as a coordinator. Yeah. Okay. They know that, you know, you're running. You ran a cover six, didn't know what you were doing. You had complete miscommunication. So if they see you lined up in that same formation, the same set, they're going to say, hmm, let's see if we can try that again. Let's see if we can take another shot. They see that they saw that bootleg Matthew Stafford ran. So let's see how you can respond to that. Let's see if you can have players in the communications. Let's see, you know, if they switch out of their run play, they're going to a bubble screen. Let's see if you can allow your corners, allow your linebackers to keep those flats covered. Let's see how Sean Desai will respond to that. You know, every defensive quarter, the greatest minds of all time have had bad games, bad seasons. And so I'm not because, and this is what Sean Desai has going from. It's the first year. The same right. as if Justin Fields was quarterback and he threw three picks like Trevor Lawrence. Hey, he's a rookie. You expect them to make those type of states mistakes, rookie coaches, rookie players. So I do not think it will be a season-long thing. I don't think they'll be as good as they were in that spectacular 2018 season. But I'm expecting them to have a little bit more fire. Um, I'm not sure of the update of Eddie Goldman, you know, and what's I haven't checked the injury report uh, because I think today was the first practice. Um and then there's Thursday, and then there's Friday. So we'll see what is the uh, what's going on with him. But if you get him back in the lineup, then you'll be able to see how the defense will perform more. There's still a problem at cornerback outside of Jalen Johnson that they may try to exploit. But I'm going to give I'm going to give Sean Desai another chance. Obviously, I'm going to give him the season to determine what it is because it could just simply be the personnel. It could be the personnel. Like that's that's a huge thing too. It could just be the personnel. And I think if you look at that. Uh, that Bengals offensive line, which is not good. And this is the reason why uh, Burrow's coming back from all those damn injuries right now. If we're not getting any pressure on this offensive line, it is going to be even worse than I expected this year because that yeah. is a terrible offensive line and you need to get to the quarterback. And yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's a big game. It's a big game coming up this week. Yeah, I was going to say with Sean Desai and the benefit of the doubt, we gave that to Matt Nagy too. We gave Matt Nagy several years of saying, well, it's his first year. His first year, I mean. I was make- tapped out. I tell you, I was tapped out week 12, 2018. <laughs> I was <laughs> tapped out. Uh, his first year, though, it was performing better than I thought it was. I said, well, it's some kinks that need to change, but this person's right. promising. Second year, you're like, mm, I'm seeing some issues, but maybe it's just Mitch. Third year, you're like, huh, Okay. And now you're like, this is just who he is. So he yeah. got a long benefit of the doubt. Sean Desai should get that, you know, at, at the very minimum. Definitely, definitely. Well, what, one last thing. What are you expecting to see these next two? Well, the days you're going to be at Hallis Hall. Like, as far as you think you're going to, it's going to be a more fired up group. You know, what do you, what do you, what do you expect for the, the feeling to be in the building? Um, well, I'll be there. I've prior engagements tomorrow, but I'll be there Friday, which is typically their walkthrough day, which are they're making their final preparations before the game. Um, and so I would love to know, you know, I will, you can't ask them strategy wise, but how is Matt Nagy, you know, contributing to the vertical offense? Um, those are things I'll be wondering in terms of fired up. I don't even care. 
I don't care if they're fired up. You can be fired up and get your ass whooped. Yeah, this is also you know, true. You heard Khalil Mack talking about man, y'all got me fired up and he Ooh. got smothered. Exactly. You heard you heard him talk about being fired up and got smothered. I don't care about anyone being fired up. What I do want to know is what are you doing mentally to put that behind you? And what can you do? What did you notice that was wrong with your game? Why weren't you effective as you were? And then see how you can react from that. That's the biggest thing I want to ask. There are only two players on the defense who I thought had good games, Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson. I thought they were fine. Roquan got beat on one play that, you know, it's going to happen. Jalen Johnson held his own all night. Offensive line. Jalen almost had a pick. I didn't think the O-line was that bad. No, I thought the O-line was good. I thought the O-line was very good. Um, Especially especially on the run blocking. You know what I'm saying? The run blocking, they were getting pushed. You know what I'm saying? And you're playing with the fact that Elijah Wilkinson, your third string left tackle, had to come in. And they did well. So I don't really have any big complaints. So that group, you know, of course, David Montgomery with them. And then Roquan and uh, Jalen are the three who I don't have questions of how can you, you know, how can you change or how can you learn from it? You've had good games. Those questions will be reserved for Andy Dalton, the wide receiver core. Now, of course, can you blame Allen Robinson when you're only getting 10 yards or less on the field or behind, you know, 10 yards of less in terms of catching. So those will be what I'm, what I'm focusing on in terms of fired up. I don't care. It means nothing if you're not going to actually go out there and execute. Definitely. Well, uh, this has been your 79th and Hallis Minute. Of course, we will not give you the score because that's what 79th and Hallis is for. So check out the uh, the preview pod, which will be out Saturday. Uh, of course, our recap pods are out on Sunday. Shout out to the homie Pierce, of course. Uh, the third man in Barber's Chair Network, he does the 79th and Hallis um, spaces that we're going to be doing each pregame. Uh, really, really good showing this past week. It was like 70 y'all in there while we were recording. So keep going on with that. And uh, also, one last thing. Did you see the betting odds for the first coach to be fired? There's a familiar name on there. <laughs> Everybody pay attention to that. We're not going to elaborate, but pay I, attention to that. I will say pay attention to the first five weeks of the season. Yes. They will have an, an, they will have an effect on the future of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. I feel like Matt Nagy first. Uh, and with Ryan Pace, this is just an assumption. It's now sourced with, with Ryan Pace. I would just assume because you drafted Justin Fields that maybe, maybe you have some sort of protection or some sort of, mm, okay, you gave us him, and he has given the Bears a few picks during the draft. So, eh, we'll see. Look we'll out see. for it, man. But those first five weeks with Matt Nagy, if they are atrocious, then I would be, I can understand those odds getting even better. Yeah, they got they got to beat the Bengals and the Lions. You can't beat them. Whew. It's gonna be long. But uh, we back next week with the Seven Night the Hallis corner. My brother flows man as usual. Seven Night the Hallis each week. Tap in. Let's get into our top three must watch games of week two, man. Uh, gonna start off with Ravens and Chiefs Sunday Night Football in Baltimore. I think that this is a must-see game because of just these two quarterbacks. Of course, we all know uh, how fun it is to watch Patrick Mahomes. We all know how fun it is to watch the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson uh, almost has team there, almost pulled out that W in Vegas. And Patrick Mahomes has not lost a game. Not only has he not lost a game to uh, the Ravens yet, he hasn't lost in September, which is a huge stat. And I think it's a must-win game right now for the Ravens. You don't want to start off this season – Oh, and two, if you're going to have these wild card hopes that you have to try to get into the playoffs. So I'm going to be really interested to see that. I think it's a big game. It's definitely going to be better than the Sunday Night Football game we watched last week. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, man, that's going to be my number one game to watch. Number two is the Titans and Seahawks in Seattle. Titans got to bounce back. Titans maybe look stupid last week. They let Kyler Murray in that offense just, just throw all over that defense. That Titans defense did not look good at all. They're going to have another t- a tough test against the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks went to Indianapolis last week, got a dub. And that's going to be a game to watch out because I feel like the Titans also, they need to bounce back. A lot of bounce back games for a lot of these contenders coming up these week. So I'm going to go for number two. Number three, like I said, another bounce back game for the Dallas Cowboys. And we playing the Chargers. Chargers got them a win in Washington last week. The Cowboys need to go out there and win this, win this game. So they can get a, a nice little head up, man. They they had a chance, had a chance, but everybody knows death taxes. Tom Brady with ball in the fourth quarter. Everybody with eyes knew as soon as they saw the clock, it was a minute 30 left that it was finna be Brady time. So they can't cannot afford to go on to. I expect a big showing from Dak 
And I think that they're going to have a chance. I don't know if I'm going to pick them. We'll get into our, my predictions in a minute. But those are definitely the top three games that I would think to watch this upcoming week. So let's get into my week two predictions, man. We got the uh, Washington football team. We'll be taking on the New York Giants. It will be Thursday night football. Of course, we're recording this on Wednesday, but you'll be watching this on Thursday. So this is tonight. Uh, Thursday night football games are real, real. Most of them are trash. 98% of them are trash. Like they give you a good week one matchup and they say fuck it for the rest of the year. But I'm going to say the Washington football team wins this one. I was not impressed whatsoever by the Giants this past week against Denver. That game went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Uh, the defense has promise. Um, I think Saquon Barkley will be better once he gets more into shape after that ACL injury. But Dale Jones ain't it, man. He had another terrible game this past week. He now has 40, 40 turnovers and 28 career starts. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible stat. I don't have that much faith in Taylor Heineke, but I do like that defense that they got in Washington. I think they will limit their, their mistakes more than the, the uh, New York Giants will. So I'm going to go with Washington for this one. Uh, Bengals over the Bears. We're going more uh, in-depth about that one on 79th and House this week, but I will have the Bengals winning that game. Stay tuned for my score of 79th and House. Browns over the Texans. This is a get-back game. This is a perfect get-back game for the Browns. They'll be opening up at the crib. Their first home game with actual full packed crowd in two years, man. That's going to be exciting for them. The Browns actually worth the dams. I'm expecting that crowd to be extremely loud, and I think they'll bounce back, and I think they're going to pulverize the Texans next week. So I got the Browns. Rams and the Colts, man. I think the Rams going to win this one. Then the Colts are going to go 0-2 to start this season. That defense has looked really good. Um Matthew Stafford, I wasn't that impressed by the Rams this week just because I think that game just showed how bad the Bears are more than showed how good the Rams were. I feel like they probably should have scored more two touch, you know, scored more touchdowns than they actually did. So I think the Rams are going to get this one. I think it's going to be a nice little bounce back game. Not bounce back, but you're going to see more of what we expect from them against a better team. So I'm going to go with the uh, Rams with that one. Bills and the Dolphins, another get-back game. The Bills coming off a tough loss against the Steelers. I think they're going to go into Miami. They're going to take care of business, man. The Dolphins barely got out of Foxborough alive. I'm not sold on Tua whatsoever. I think Tua's not going to have a good game against this defense. So I think the Bills back bounce back and go one and one. Uh, now we have the Niners and the Eagles, man. The Niners and the Eagles. The Eagles went out there. Jalen Hurts looked good, but of course it was against fucking Atlanta, man. I'm not taking much against much from that uh, whatsoever. The Niners uh, almost jagged against Detroit. They took their foot off the gas, but nonetheless, they came out with a W, still scored like 40 points. I think they're going to do the same thing. They're going to be at the crib. I got the Niners in an easy victory over the, over the Eagles. Steelers and the Raiders, two teams coming off big wins, man. I, I'm I could see the Raiders coming in here stealing one. I definitely could see that. I'm gonna pick Pittsburgh just because they're at home. And I think that that defense is gonna really do a number on, on Derek Carr. Derek Carr had a hard time against the Ravens defense and outside of a couple busted coverages, but this this Pittsburgh defense is way better than that. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. Saints. I think the Saints are gonna go two and oh. Did not expect this coming. I thought they were going to lose to the Packers last week, but they're going against the Panthers. Panthers actually had a solid showing against the Jets. Now, granted, it is the Jets. Sam Donald had a nice little revenge game. I think the number one thing I took from that game is Christian McCaffrey, man. Christian McCaffrey's still a dog, but I think the Saints are going to win this one uh, pretty easily, and I think the Saints are going to go on too. Uh, Broncos, Jaguars. The Broncos going to go 2-0. Broncos going to get dubbed against the Jaguars. Jaguars are going to be whipping boy for anybody who plays them. Uh, more than anything, I want to see how Trevor Lawrence bounces back from that rough start. You know, he had three interceptions. Can he do better? I, I, I don't think so against this defense. Broncos have a pretty solid defense. Might be another tough day at offense, but I think the Broncos will pull it out. Cardinals, Vikings. Vikings, man, they, they had a chance to win. They, they lost that one against the Bengals last week in Cincinnati. I do think that they will go on to the all, all the NFC North last, last lost this past week. So if you're a Bears fan, I guess like that's the good thing you can take for it is that you're tied for first place because everybody fucking lost. But I do think the Falcons, I do think the uh the Vikings will start on to and I think the Cardinals will go out there and win this one. 
the Bucks, the champions, coming off a nice W over the Dallas Cowboys next last week. They're going to be at home again going against the Atlanta Falcons. That's going to be a massacre. Chalk up another three to four touchdowns for the GOAT. I think it's going to be a nice little showing for that defense. We're going to see more of what we saw from them in that second half against the Cowboys. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Chargers, Cowboys, man, like I just said a couple minutes ago, this is a game that's on my must-watch. I think the Cowboys need to bounce back, but I do not think they will bounce back. This is going to be the SoFi Stadium debut for the uh, Chargers. Now, I do expect a lot of Cowboys fans to be in there. The Cowboys are probably the number <laughs> – two team in california <laughs> after the raiders but uh i'm gonna go with the Chargers. i think jay herbo has a great game i think that defense continues to show out and i just don't have any faith in that cowboy secondary and i think herbert is gonna go out there and make a lot of plays the Chargers is gonna be 2-0 titans and the seahawks like i just said it's gonna be my top three most watched games uh to watch for this upcoming week i'm going to titans I think defense will do much better. I think it'll be an extremely close game because the Seahawks are very, very hard to beat in Seattle. They're going to have a full crowd again. But I'm I'm, I'm going to have my faith in Tannehill and uh, and A.J. Brown and and, uh, and, and Julio Jones and those guys, and I think they're going to bounce back. Titans are going to win that one. The Chiefs-Ravens, Sunday Night Football, the other of my three must-watch games. I think the Chiefs are going to go out there and win. I just don't – you know, the the Ravens – Ravens defense is defense makes too many boneheaded mistakes. They made a bonehead mistake against Derek Carr. So what you think they're going to do against Patrick Mahomes? So I'm going to go with the Chiefs on now, and the Chiefs are going to move the two and on the season. And then the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Packers and Lions. I think the Packers are going to easily win this one. Uh, the only thing I'm really looking forward to with this game is, of course, the Monday Night Manning and Manning cast. Really want to see what Peyton's thoughts are on those Lions play calls and Jared Goff. So I'm going to go with that. So, um, yeah, man, those are my picks. For this week, man. Yo, man, we are we back, man. Let's let's get into our our gambling section of the day, man. We got my homie, man. He's he's actually here this time. The homie Mikey. Uh, he was not here last week. I had to read off his his bets last week. So if you had any any issues with it, do not blame me. But uh, we are here. Uh, let them know where they can follow you at on social media, man, and uh, what you got for us this week. What's going on, man? Y'all can follow me on, on Twitter. I'm a little bit more active on Twitter than Instagram. It's going to be uh, JR underscore Solito, S-O-L-I-T-O. And then on Instagram, it's the reverse, Solito underscore JR, man. Appreciate you guys having me today. Oh, man, definitely glad to have you on, man. So what was your week one gambling looking like? Did you, did you, did you fare well? And what do you have for us to look forward to in week two? Man... I gave y'all three picks last week that I was really confident in. But as it goes, you know, that that's gambling. Um, right. We ended up the week one and two. We went, ended up the week one and two, man. Uh, like Kind of like I was texting you. We had a terrible beat with the Cardinals Titans, man. Uh, Kyler did his thing as I, you know, as we projected. Um, he's looking good, man. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't Kyler doubter, but he's starting to little, little motherfucker be running. Um, <laughs> so, uh you know, we, we took the over 51 and a half. They were stuck on 51 total points for 19 game minutes. Um, two, missed field, uh, two missed field goals, you know, and, and I attribute that to the Titans also. They they started off, you know, they were, they were looking ass that first half. Um, so, you know, we, we lost there. Mike Evans, I'm, you know, we took over four and a half receptions. I'll be honest. Mike Evans must have pictures of Giselle or something. Because for two, <laughs> he was MIA, man. For for two whole quarters, Tom Brady didn't even look his way. Yeah. I was sitting there like, what is going on? And, um, you know, so we took over four and a half receptions. He only has six targets. Like, for a number one wide receiver, that's extremely low. If you yeah. go back and look at the box score, I mean, Godwin had almost 14 targets. So, um, you know, Mike ended up with three catches. And in the fourth quarter, when they were kind of pushing it, you know, it got a little close. He, uh, Tom Brady had two balls his way that were, you know, were tipped. So, that's a bad beat there. And then, um, you know, we had the Dolphins plus three, getting the points. I didn't understand what the books were seeing. We ended up coming out on the right end. Uh, Dolphins covered the three, and they won outright. I mean, I get that it's Belichick, but uh, until you show me with this rookie quarterback, then, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go against Belichick, right. you know. You're missing Gilmore. You're missing some people. I mean, I would take Mac Jones over Tua, but – I, the game plan went exactly how I thought. Tough defense, uh, tough defense on both sides. Tua was able to, you know, uh, rush in for a touchdown, and they, they just kept it, you know, real close. Field goal game. So, um, you know, we, we came out there. So, 
Uh, I'm hoping this week we could go three and zero, come for a, a clean sweep. Um, and you know, let let's you know. Uh, I'm looking at right here for, for Sunday's games. I don't I don't have nothing for for tomorrow. Um, Thursday games are weird. Thursday games tend to be ass, especially when you got Daniel Jones and uh, I, I Taylor, he- Taylor Heineken. Heineken. <laughs> Taylor Heineken. 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 Yeah, it's, Heineke, yeah. like, it's like I, it's like they give us one fire Thursday night game to kick it off, and they say "fuck it" till Christmas. Fuck it, Browns and Jags. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm look I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, the Colts Rams game. Um, I see Jonathan Taylor for over two and a half receptions. Um, you know, as Bears fan, Bears fans, you know, we just saw the game how the game went uh, Sunday night. Uh, I wish we didn't, but we did. And the key to, you know, the key to going up against that Rams front line is short and quick passes. Right. Um, you know, obviously, Carson, obviously Carson Wentz, you know, he missed pretty much all of camp with, with you know, the foot injury. And I see last week he really doesn't have a rapport with uh, with any of his wide receivers. If you go back and check it, um, his leading wide receiver, his leading receiver was actually his two running backs, uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hyde. Um, Taylor had six receptions on seven targets. Um, so to get over two and a half um at plus money is plus 120 i, I i'm gonna throw a i'm gonna throw a nice amount on that um he might not get six again but he should at least get four i think uh we see a lot of quick passes a lot of quick dump offs in the flats of the running back and try to you know try to keep number 99 off of carson wentz ass because uh he's a game record the uh the second one i'm looking at man i hate to do it but Jamar Chase over 53 and a half receiving yards. He's gonna go Kendall nuts. Vildor, on second there. <laughs> oh my oh Kendall Vildor is gonna be is he's gonna, gonna be looking for a new job after Sunday. Kendall Vildor, Marquis Christian, whoever these Madden creative players are in our <laughs> secondary, they are about to get cooked. Honestly, yeah. they are about to get cooked. I mean, with, with Jamar chasing at 4-2 speed. I wasn't buying any of the the talk that he couldn't see a football, any of that. I'm telling you, he's at least he could get this off of two receptions, to be honest. So I'm I'm looking at that. I think our secondary's in for a for a rough one. Um, I I'll give you a bonus one. I think the Bengals win outright. I know that the line is dropped from th- uh, Bears, you know, favored by three and a half to only one and a half now. Um, I think a lot of money's coming on the Bengals. A lot of people saw in uh, prime time, you know. We, we got our ass kicked, and the only way I see us winning is if uh, they unleash the rookie, and I don't think it's going to be this weekend, man. So I would definitely take the Jamar Chase over 53-and-a-half receiving yards. I think that's a solid play. Um, I think Joe Burrow uh, lights us up. And for my last play, I know everybody loves parlay. I know mm. it. You know, the uh, the recreational gambler, they want to get rich quick. Parlays are a quick way to lose money. Trust me, I'm living out of this car right now. Uh, I'm a parlay. I'm a, I'm a I'm a parlay addict. I'm a parlay addict. But uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give I'm gonna give everybody a, a quick little three team parlay. It okay. comes out to plus two fifty, meaning plus, comes out to plus two fifty, meaning you throw a hundred dollars on it, you win two fifty. Um, I like the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and the Niners to win outright. I think Kyler Murray is gonna torch the Vikings secondary. They're terrible. Um, I mean, we seen what Jamar, you know, Jamar Chase was doing to Patrick Peterson. He was trying to send him home to an early retirement. Um, and he's better I than anybody we got. <laughs> and he's better than anybody we got. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the Chiefs go in, go to Baltimore and, and they and they steamroll them. Um, that that Ravens secondary. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what was going on Monday night, but that Ravens secondary is very suspect. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going against Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is yet to lose against the Ravens. As a starter, I'm going to ride with him. They're three and a half favorites. We're just going to take them outright to win. And my last play to tie the parlay together, we're going to go with the San Francisco 49ers, man. Uh, kind of like your man Mike was saying, I really do like the Niners. I think a lot of people are forgetting. They're only two years removed, removed from a Super Bowl run. Last year, I mean, what was it, about 70%, 75% of their defense was out for the year. Yeah. Um, so I think the Niners, I think the Niners go to Philadelphia, man. Um, and I think they, I think they shut down, uh, that whatever Jalen Hurts got going. I mean, I, I like the kid. I want to see him do well, but to be honest, man, you know, that a lot of people are gassing him up after beating the Falcons. 
everybody beats the Falcons. Everybody, everybody mama beats the Falcons. Everybody tortures the Falcons. And and I was getting Mitch Trubisky vibes from Jalen Hurts. I'm going to give you a little stat. Last okay. week he averaged three. Last week he averaged 3.4 air yards in per pass. That was the shortest average in uh in the NFL in week one. He's not even getting into the line of scrimmage. Good lord. <laughs> Good where, lord. Have we, where, where have where where have where have we seen that before? That Mitchell, was David Trubisky. That was all day. <laughs> Thank you. So uh I think I think I think I think uh Bosa's gonna be on his ass. I think um, you know, I think I think the Niners are gonna, you know, go ahead and grind grind it out, man. I get it. Uh it's uh two row games for the Niners. They came from the Lions, had to go to San Fran, come back to Philly. But uh I just think that they're a better team. Uh the line looks a little fishy, it's minus three and a half. I won't touch it, but we're gonna put them in that parlay, man. And I, I think those three are gonna I think I think we're gonna have a good week this week, man. Okay, okay, definitely, man. Uh, thank you for your picks. Of course, we're gonna have you on every week. We're gonna be talking about this, man. And uh, I want to see if you guys start tweeting us your feedbacks on what's been going on with your gambling experience, man. I love watching your tweets, I love watching my brother's tweets. Uh, you guys doing this, man. I stay away from it because I like san- I like my sanity, <laughs> but uh, let them know once again where they can follow you at. It's definitely a sickness, man. I do not encourage it. Bet responsibly. Bet responsibly. Uh, but you guys can follow me at uh, you guys can follow me at jr underscore solito on Twitter, and then it's gonna be the reverse on Instagram, solito underscore jr. Um, big White Sox fan, big Ferris Bears fans. You guys can find me on Scott's uh on Scott's Twitter, man. We're always interacting during the game, so uh, definitely. definitely, man. I'm hoping we can pull a, a hopefully we can pull a, a clean sweep this weekend. And definitely get up uh, over uh, 500 this week. Yes, sir, bro. We'll holler at you next week. Now, let's get into a little baseball before we uh, wrap this thing up and get to uh, my guest for the week. Uh, let's get into uh, the wild card chase. In baseball, man, things are really heating up. The division races, uh, I wouldn't say pretty. They're pretty much settled. Outside of the NL West, that's going to be a battle to the finish with the Giants and the Dodgers. As of today, September 9th, September 15th, the uh, Giants up two and a half games on the Dodgers. But the, the White Sox, their magic number is seven. They should be closed in on the AL Central by at the latest early next week. Uh, same thing in the, in the uh, AL East. The, um, the, the uh, Rays are up nine games in that division. The Astros up seven in their division. We pretty much know who's going to win all the divisions in the AL. The NL Central is covered. We know the Brewers are going to win that. They're probably going to be the first team to clinch that division. But let's take, take a look at these wild cards, man. We got a, a, a battle in both conferences, both leagues. I think it's going to go down to the last week. As of right now, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Red Sox are all tied for that wild card spot, man. If you got Seattle, there's three games foot behind them for that second spot. And you got Oakland, who's three and a half. As of right now, it's really, it's really kind of hard. I'm going to say that right now, the Blue Jays are the hottest team in baseball. They're, they're not losing anything. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is taking the home run lead. He's going for that triple crown. Don't think he's going to get it because my man Jose Bray, Jose Bray, he was going to hold on to that RBI crown for the third season in a row. But, the Yankees are slumping. Yankees are slumping. The Yankees have lost like eight out of the last 10 at that 13-game win streak. But if I had to bet, man, I think I'm going to say that I think the, the, the Blue Jays and the Yankees get it. And I think the Blue Jays, I think the Blue Jays might be able to host that game because now it's been like, who's going to host the wild card game? I think the Red Sox are going to be the, the odd man out. And I don't think Seattle and Oakland are going to make it either. I think Seattle and Oakland are, you know, are good stories, especially Seattle. Seattle is actually kind of a year ahead of it where their uh, progress is. But right now, I think it's going to be Yankees, Blue Jays. I think it's going to be Yankees, Blue Jays. And I think the Blue Jays are going to host it. I think the Blue Jays are going to be hosting. That's going to be fun for that Toronto crowd. Now, moving on to the NL, the Dodgers clinched the playoff spot already. So that first playoff spot, first wild card spot is solidified. Uh, the Giants also clinched the playoff spot. So that first playoff, that, that first wild card game is going to be hosted either Dodgers or TNT Park in San Francisco. So really the best for the second wild card spot. Right now, the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals have risen from the dead. They currently hold the second wild card spot, the upper half game on the Reds. The Padres are only a game behind. The Phillies are only a game behind, and the Mets are uh, four behind. I'm still going to say, if I look at the rest of the schedule, I think 
the Cardinals might hold on to it. The Cardinals might hold on to it. The Padres' schedule is brutal down the stretch. They have not played well. The Reds have had an easy schedule, but they've been losing to bums. They lost to the Cubs. They lost to the Pirates. I just don't know how much faith they can have in them. The Cardinals have been here before. It's like they always rise to the occasion at the end of the season. So I think I think the I think the Reds are, I think the Cardinals are gonna stay stay with it. I don't think the Phillies and Mets are going to do it. They're too, way too hot and cold for me. So I think the Cardinals are going to hold on to that second uh, wild card spot, man. When we come back, we're going to have our guest for today, man. We'll be back. I'm not going to hold you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. We've got a guest today. We've got a, we've had a couple a couple people on here today, but we got our real guest today, our non-weekly guest, man. We've got my homie Mike from Pillars, Pillars Club in Chicago, man. The number one uh clothing line in Chicago, man. This is uh my day one home. I've known these guys since I was what 14 years old. And uh 2003, yeah, long time. 2003, long time ago, the, the Bush era, long time ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, man, it's good to have you on. I just want to let you are the most referenced person on the Barber's Chair Network to not have made an appearance. So, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, man. You know, you always my guy. You know, I'm gonna do anything for you, man. You're my brother to the end. You now, we talk a lot, of, a lot of BS a lot of times. I mean. You started this off with a, a socks hat on, so we just. Gonna, you know, <laughs> hey man, I, I got uh, one team in the city of Chicago has to do it in October next month. So hey, I I gotta rep them. We'll we'll get to the other team in in, in a minute, but let's kick it off, man. Well, before we get into the sports, now let everybody know, you know, for people who might not be familiar with pillars outside of you know Chicago, you know what you got, what your mission statement is, you know everything y'all got going. on. Oh yeah, you know, so um, Pillars just started off with me and um, my uh, friend of mine, Andre Weaver. Uh, we went to college together. You know, everybody, most people know the backstory. We just started doing a lot of things together. Just started this business, came up with a name, and then we went from one store to now four stores within like two years in the city of Chicago. So pretty blessed with that. We put our other homies on that we went to college with, our frat brothers, 587 Returning Incorporated. And we're just out here trying to make it, man. We we sell uh, mostly, you know, jogging outfits, short sets, um, T-shirts, hats, jackets, anything, you, you know what I'm saying, consists of. And um, we resell shoes as well. So, you know, people don't kill us over there when they see a $500 shoe. And then they do <laughs> that. But that's the, that's, that's the shoe game right now. So the shoe game is kind of it's kind of tough to get into. But, we you know, and we, we have some um, affordable stuff. So we... We got um, like hoodies and stuff that's priced all the way from thirty dollars to two hundred dollars hoodies. So, you know, something for everybody to wear. Very comfortable, you know, nice material. And we just, you know, saying building, putting on for the black community, black people, and things like that. As you can see, this is this is one of their hoodies. You want to know what it looks like? I, I, I've worn a lot of y'all stuff on this show. I'm yeah. still waiting for my endorsement, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But uh, let them know about the new store, man. You guys are gonna be opening a new store in Chicago Ridge Mall. Is there anything gonna be different from this one compared to the other stores? I've seen um, from some of the pictures that you and Dre post. It looks a little bigger. Yeah, so it it, it really is bigger. It's um right here in the. The Buffalo Wild Wings entrance. So it's right here next to the Kira and Champs. Way okay. bigger. I could literally probably put all three of my stores inside this one. Oh, um, okay. the, layout, Talk to the layout's going to be different. It's going to be real, real nice. We hired people to get that done. And um, it's still going to have the turf grass. We got that in the Four City location. So um, it's going to be it's gonna be look good. We're looking to um, open it up around like October, first week of October. So if there's no setbacks, we should be good to go. Definitely looking forward to that, man. The Forest City one was kind of uh, special to me because, man, everybody know we used to go to Forest City doing yeah. they know them half days or, you yeah, know, man. during the weekends I mean, yeah. when Jordans so, were actually able, you could actually go get them. Yep. No, uh, that was back good. In the wall. And half the days were curious. I mean, it wasn't no place to go. You could go home or hoop or go to the mall and, you know what I'm saying, do what you do. So, it, it like you said, it was definitely a good feeling there. Like, man, I would have never thought I would have had a store in Fort City, because our first store is in the West Loop, which is like a mile away, a mile or two away from United Center, eleven six seven yeah. West Patterson. And then we got one by um um by CBS High School, um, two thousand six East Eighty Seventh Street. I obviously got Fort City, and now we open up Chicago Ridge. Man, I'm probably trying. I'm trying to be done with stores right now. 
<laughs> just for, just for right now, just, just for, right, for now. right now, before y'all, you know, take over worldwide, you know, you gotta hit y'all gotta hit the West Coast, you know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely gotta do that. But let's get into some. Yeah, y'all definitely do. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Y'all definitely gotta get out of here. But let's get into some sports, man. Of course, we are both diehard Chicago Bears fans. We talk about these bums every day. Uh, what's your take on everything going on right now? You know, the week one blowout against the Rams, uh, the Justin Fields drama. What do you what do you feel about it and what are you expecting from this team this season? Well, the first thing I would like to say, um, I would never probably do this, but Scott's probably right. I was always I was, <laughs> I wasn't a get rid of Matt Matt Nagy type person, um, because I I always said he never had his quarterback. You know, like he didn't draft Trubisky. You know, this wasn't his quarterback. But now you have your quarterback, so you have to play him. His play calling, he just he just needs to give it up. You know, it gets better like towards the end of the game when it's just out of reach. But I just think we just need to feed David Montgomery. Like, he needs to have 20 carries or more. Like, without a doubt, 20 carries or more, and that would get the offense going. Then you, you just got to play just fifth because holding him back is not going to do nothing. Yeah, You know, like, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, Peyton Manning, threw 28 interceptions this rookie year. Like, just let him go through the pains. You never know. He might not be bad. He might be great. You never know. Like someone said it before. They sat Patrick Mahomes the whole first year. Shit, they should have probably started him. They probably would have won the right. Super Bowl his first year he started. You know what I'm saying? You never know. So the Bears is not – I was always – I'm always high hopes on the Bears. After that display, our secondary is poop. Um, Eddie Jackson is not the same player. And another thing, they need to go back to the, the numbers again, like seeing running back. You don't you don't like the college numbers? I don't I don't like that because we're not in college. Like yeah, you know, I'm used to I'm used to seeing Eddie Jackson number 39 missing the tackle. Now I gotta see Eddie Jackson number four. Number four. Right. Same result, you just got a different number, you know. So <laughs> you know he, I think the, the thing with Eddie is like Eddie's never been a good tackler, a but hawk. at least he was a ball hawk. He ain't yeah. been a ball hawk in two years. Yeah, it's we they they got the what made the Bears special is creating those turnovers and not just creating those turnovers, getting us in good field position or even just scoring. I don't remember the last time the Bears made a play on defense and said, "Oh man, like just jumped out of your seat." But then again, the defense doesn't have to score the ball. That's not their their purpose. You know, our offense has to score the ball, but we got to throw the ball downfield. Like, what are you scared of? Like, if we're going to be ass, we're going to be ass. At least I want to see some attempts downfield. You know, we yeah. have the talent. But I think the talent that we had three, four years ago was wasted because we didn't have no quarterback. And that goes with Ryan Pace. He made the biggest mistake he ever could make. And now he, it's too late to, to come back from that. You know, he's going yep. to be out. Even if you have Justin Fields tonight, he's going to be out. Because And this, all honestly, we shouldn't have Justin Fields. We should be a playoff contending team with um, Patrick Mahomes or Sean Watson. Mahomes. I can understand the Patrick Mahomes thing. I can understand. But the Deshaun Watson, the fact that he played in the same conference, the ACC, as Deshaun Watson. So they're playing the same teams. And Well, the thing the thing about Deshaun Watson is he will be wearing an orange uniform, but it will not be the Bears orange. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, as we uh, just two things, man, before we get to the, the Cubs, real quick, what is your record prediction for the Bears and who are you having a new bowl? Because we know it's not gonna be the best. Um, I was I was high on the Bears, I would think we were gonna get nine to ten. I'm, I'm more set back now to six or seven. Um, okay, it's just I don't want to go off for just one loss. I'll probably reevaluate it after you know what I'm saying five games in, four games in, but it's looking like a, a six and seven team. I it's just not looking good. Super Bowl, besides Tom Brady, <laughs> you know besides the Buccaneers, um, believe it or not, um, Scott noticed I'm a 49ers fan. Jimmy Garoppolo went to Eastern Illinois University. That's the school I'm from. Shout out to EIU. Um, I think he's. I think Jimmy can get him there as long as he just doesn't screw up. You know, they got a good running game. Everybody from the defense is back. If it's not Tom Brady, fuck it. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Okay, I just stand on it. Stand on and it. They shouldn't have lost the first time against 
the Chiefs. Kansas City, yeah, but your, your boy Kansas can't throw a regular spiral. Yeah, so I'm going to say that, and believe it or not, I'm going to say the Browns. The Browns, I'm, okay. I'm going, I'm going to say the Browns. Like, that loss wasn't that bad. The punter should never be on the team again because it's like, bro, you could have punted the ball. Even if you yeah. mishandled it, get up and punt it, you've he got shook. You know, punters are not really football players anyway, but who am I to say anything? Um, <laughs> I like Baker. I love their defense. I love the combo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, I know the 49ers just lost, um, lost Raheem Mozart. So, you know, they they have nice runners, running backs. Yeah. Like they, they really do. And, of course, I'm going to go with the 49ers winning. But in all honesty, we know Tom Brady's going to win. So. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, lastly, before we get you out of here, man, you want to talk about the Cubs. Uh, how do you feel about the way things went this season? And are you optimistic for anything in the future? Or is this going to be another long Cubs loser? Man, so I'm a diehard Cubs fan. Born on the south side of Chicago. Diehard Cubs fan. Scott knows this. We go back and forth all the time. I actually, when the Sox won the World Series in 05, I didn't get on the CTA because I was avoiding Scott the whole day. Yes, you yes so. you did. And and you we had the same lunch period. Yeah. I had to hawk you down. Yeah, yeah. So um the, the the Cubs thing is this, man. We had a player who was the rookie of the year, MVP, um, won us so you don't pay him, who the hell will you pay? Like that's that's what I'm thinking about. If you won't pay him, then who would you pay? You know what I'm saying? So we got rid of our, our, our three core players. I just don't. I'm not. I mean, I'm always gonna be a Dyer Cubs fan. I love. I like the young talent and things like that. But they try to be cheap and want and win it with a young team. You know, a lot of people are, are doing that that style of play, which I I understand. Like Theo Epstein is a genius. He was a genius, you know. Uh, I remember the time like the Cubs were going to go at the Pools or um, what's the uh, Prince Fielder, and we didn't Prince do that. Fielder, we, stuck, yeah. Yeah, we stuck with Anthony Rizzo. We gave John Lester that money, which is you know saying what we drastically needed. But the Cubs are just going in a down spiral. I would love to see how they could get out of this. We're going to need pitching, but the issue that the Cubs had is we we could hit home runs. But no one was on base. So now we got um the guy from the White Sox, Madrill. We got um Nico yeah, Horner. You know, those, those guys, they're not power hitters, things like that, but they get on base. But if they get on base, we still gotta bring them in. But I, just, I will say this about Madrigal. He gets on base, but he has a mediocre glove and and, and power to him was just getting the second base. But he's still young, he can get better. Yeah, I mean, just get on base. I'm not speaking yeah. to do anything else, but the Cubs, they they broke my heart when that shit. I'm still hurt. A lot of a lot of Cubs fans are still here. I, I I thought they were gonna trade a couple people. I didn't think they was gonna tear it all the way down the way they did. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous. But um, let's uh let them know where they can follow you at. Where they can get in tune with pillars, everything that you know. I can get in tune with y'all. You can follow me at um. Please say the please say the baby. That's P L Z. Say the baby. Uh, underscore the baby. Um, pillars Club is pillars underscore club. And you can check out our website as pillarsclub.co, not.com.co. And then see the new merch. We got new merch coming in um, this week all through the, the fall and winter season, holiday season. Uh, it'll be a sale, too, as well. So just look out for that. More merchandise on the way. Yes, sir, man. Thanks for joining me, bro. No doubt, bro. Be good. All right, man. We're going to wrap this edition of I'm Not Gonna Hold You Up with my Goofy Mog of the Week, man. I'm gonna give it to Eddie Jackson, man. I love I love Eddie Jackson. Let's just get that out of the way. I love Eddie Jackson, but uh I got called like it is, bro. First of all, the the Bears have their vlog series called 1920 Football Drive, which is on their YouTube. If you want to check it out, which is probably like the closest thing we're gonna to get to the Bears on training on a uh, hard knocks because the Bears uh Ownership front office doesn't want HBO cameras there because they're hiding something. God forbid HBO sees those five-yard slants that Bat Nagy likes call. We need to keep that under wraps. But anyway, it was a clip from that vlog series that came out last week where Eddie Jackson is called on camera telling the other cornerbacks and the other secondary members, oh, anybody can tackle. Just go for the ball. No, that is the worst advice you can give a cornerback. The worst advice, especially coming from you. Who the hell have you tackled? This past week against the Rams, 
there was no way that Jefferson should have scored that touchdown with him laying on the floor. He was literally on the floor. You grab him, the play is over. He stood there, watched him catch the ball, lay on the floor, actually took a nap for a couple seconds, get up and run into the end zone. So I'm tired of the talking. And it's not just Eddie Jackson. I'm tired of talking from Khalil Mack. I love Khalil, but let's keep it a buck. I haven't seen Khalil in two years, and he was really only dominant for one. If you look back at that Raiders trade, nobody won that shit. Yeah, the Bears been in the playoffs twice, but what have they done and they got in the playoffs? Raiders ain't been in the playoffs at all, but they're they're they've been they've been trash, and that fucking pass rush is terrible. Nobody won that trade as it's looking at right now. But Eddie Jackson, I want less talking and more working out there. I'm not expecting you to be the best tackle in the world. You were never a great tackler, but at least you were a ball hawk. Go and make some plays, dog. Make some fucking plays so we can't be out here looking corny. He's like, you got that $100 million contract, and you said, fuck it. I want some accountability here, man. Stop the talking. Stop talking about 2018. I'm tired of it. Make some fucking plays, man. So that's what I'm going to get my group market the week, Teddy Jackson, because you're, 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 you're a pro bowl safety. Not only that, you're all pro. You're two-time all pro safety. I need to see more, dog. I'm expecting way more from you. I'm tired of this shit. So, yeah. I need Eddie Jackson to show the fuck up. Throw Khalil Mack in that shit too, man. Um, this was this week's edition of I'm Not Gonna Hold You. I thank my guests and I thank my homie Mike from Pillars Man. You know where to get in tune with them. Of course, our two weekly segments of my brother flows with 79th and House Minute. We'll be doing that every week of the football season. The homie Mikey with our gambling segment, he'll be back every week during this football season. Uh, we will not have any more regular guests until after the Super Bowl. Um, don't want to load it too much. So it's really just going to be my brother and Mikey for uh, the rest of the, the football season. So looking tuned for that. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Bob Chef Scott. Follow HMB Media TV on HMB Media TV on Twitter. Follow them HMB Media on Instagram. Uh, subscribe YouTube.com backslash HMB Media TV where you're watching right now. There's a lot of great um, content on this site. Hoops and Brews, uh, of course. Uh, happy Hour. Um, all the things they've got on this great channel. Subscribe and stay in tune with that. Follow Barber's Chat Network at Barber's Chat Net on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Barber's Chat Network, man. We'll be back next week to recap week two, man. Y'all have a great, great week. Yeah. Get in paper on this player. Haters old news. Money on the other line. So I'm not gonna hold you. Money on the other line. So I'm not gonna hold you. Money on the other line. So I'm not gonna hold you. Money on the other line.